This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Thursday, I always have to check this, August the 17th, 2023. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. We have a great show for you today. Actually, a kind of a special show, one of my favorites. The best in the business, Dane Brugler, uh, draft guru, the NFL draft guru from The Athletic is here to answer all your questions about the Buckeyes and uh, talk about the Buckeyes in the draft. And there's plenty to talk about. But of course, those of you watching the show on the Twitter Facebook, etc., and YouTube can see below the Manscaped ad. We are thrilled to be sponsored by Manscaped, the premier company when it comes to male grooming. You know this as well. Manscaped has become like a verb. I've said this. People are going to say, did you get your Manscaped? They may not even be talking about Manscaped these days. I've also told you that my wife was in the store, saw it for $100. So theoretically, $100, you get 20% off with the Bucknuts code below, plus free shipping. So if you are considering getting Manscaped, we are handing you a check for $30. I've told you they sent us the product. My son is using it. It's incredible. He's all ready for college, all cleaned up. And it is a fantastic product. They've got everything you need in there, lotions, oils, everything to make your guys below the belt feel great. Like I said, if you're watching the show on Twitter, Facebook, or YouTube, you can see it. You can see below. You go to manscaped.com and use the code Bucknuts for 20% off and free shipping. That'll run throughout the show. All right, we are thrilled to bring in the man himself, Dane Brugler, draft NFL draft guru for the Athletic. I was trying to figure out, Dane, the first time you were on uh, our podcast. And it was several technological iterations ago. And I'm not sure it's been a decade, but it might be close as I am one of the original draft geeks. And I've told everybody this. I actually found Dane on the Dallas Cowboys draft show, which I think was almost the first of its kind uh, of one team having their own draft show. And now literally every single team has their own show. Uh, Dane's industry is Gotten much more crowded, and he's gotten much more busy. Dane, thanks again for joining us. Yeah, of course. Good morning. Uh, how's uh, your summer been? It's been okay. Uh, relatively uneventful for a Buckeye uh, guy like myself. I really, I, I go to bed at night. I think like the coaches, 
I just don't <laughs> want to see any uh, nefarious right. activity in the off season. I like guys to stay out of, uh, say off high street as it were. And uh, their head in the books or in the uh, playbook. And they seem to have done that. And we have a lot to talk about. Obviously there are a ton of guys coming up for this draft. Why don't you let everybody know your process in terms of how well, you know, the guys now versus how well you'll know them later. Obviously the Ohio state guys are a little bit more well-known just to the national people, but you do your Dane puts out a, a book called the beast I don't know if Dane is one of those guys who was addicted to like stress you used to get around exam time when you were in high school or college, but Dane does that all year. And I've heard him talk the day before he puts it out and the day after. And though he looks very svelte, it looks like he loses weight when he does that. So tell us about the whole gig and then we're going to get specific. Well, the summer really is uh, the most important time for me because that's when you get the base. That's when, um, you know, things aren't as crazy, aren't as stressful. Uh, but it's a chance to really dive into each of these uh, positions, each of these programs. I personally, I like to go position by position. That way I can compare quarterbacks with other quarterbacks, safeties with other safeties, uh, and just get a, a foundation of who these guys are as NFL prospects. Uh, so going into this season, because plenty will change based off of new evidence, right? Uh, we get new tape, injuries will happen, uh, different things uh, will, will pop up, whether it's information from scouts who are uh, actually on school calls in and out of these uh, programs, these campuses, day in, day out. They learn more about these guys, um, and I'm able to get that information and you know apply that to each one of these uh, scouting reports. Uh, but the, the summer is the foundation. That's where I'm going. I've got a database of thousands and thousands of players, draft eligible players at the college level, and working through each one of them to understand, okay, this is who this guy is. This is where he needs to get better. This is the strengths. This is a, what will translate to the next level. And, of course, Ohio State, uh, just like every year, well, well represented. Um, it, it's, it's, it's almost frustrating watching Ohio State tape because I'm watching the left guard but oh man, this uh, you know this tight end is really is really popping my eye, drawing my eye and, and popping off the screen, and uh, or you know same thing on defense where you're trying to watch a specific player, uh, but there's this other guy that okay I need to make sure I go back and watch number two, and so it, it's almost frustrating watching Ohio State because there's so many guys, uh, but that's to be expected. It's it's one of the premier programs in terms of producing NFL talent. And that will absolutely be the case uh, another year here in 2024. All right. I forgot to establish this, Dane, but uh, the people have asked. Dane is from Canfield, Ohio, comma, no. I know the answer to this, but Dane, you can tell everybody what your true roots are. I'm from Warren, Ohio. I was actually born in Akron, but um, I moved to Warren when I was young and uh, raised there. I uh, went to Mount Union uh, College. Well, now it's the University of Mount Union. But when I was there, it was Mount Union College. Uh, Pierre Garcon and I were seniors there right uh, together. Uh, and uh, then after that, you know, I just uh, was in Texas for a while. And before moving back, raising my family now, back in Warren, Ohio, uh, champion. Uh, so it's uh, it's been awesome to put down roots back here in Northeast Ohio. So it's, uh, you know, got family nearby. And uh, that's, you know, obviously football family. That, that's a big part of what Ohio is. And speaking of family, Dane, why don't you let the people know how many Bruglers occupy the house now? Because I because I haven't checked in with you, Lord knows. <laughs> well, it's it's still six. It's not. I don't. I hopefully it's not going to get much bigger than that. Uh, right. That includes uh, your wife. 
It includes my wife. Okay. Yes. Um, my, myself and my wife. And then uh, I've got a uh, second grader, first grader and two twins uh, or a, a, a pair of twins. They're, they're two years old. Oh my um, God. I, I'm very much looking forward to school starting next week when back. I, to I lost team. sleep. I lost sleep just hearing you say that. It, it, it can be a little, especially now, like when they're getting into sports, you know, like sure. last, last night we had cheer, we had soccer, we had Girl Scouts. We it, it, like it's just one after another, and it's just constant. And, and I mean, you know this, right? I mean, it's just trying to get schedules to line up and making sure you know we have uh, transportation in all these places. And yeah, it's just it's uh, it's never ending. But you know, wouldn't trade anything uh, or any oh, no. of it for uh, for anything. As people will know, I get crap on the show all the time because I I talk about my children's exploits. You <laughs> think you're not going to? You think you're going to be the dad? Not you, but. You think you're going to be the dad that's not going to live vicariously. You are wrong. Uh -huh. oh, yeah. It is the most warping thing ever. And I'll say this forever. Jerry Jones has said his most stressful and enjoyable times were watching his sons play football. So he's seen a little bit man. more than that. Uh, all right, let's go here. I looked through, like I said, a ton of mock drafting. And I had a little bit of a chat before the show. The record. For first-round draft picks from one school is six. I believe Georgia and Miami have tied for this, or Alabama and Miami. I can't remember. I think it might be Alabama. Whatever. It's, it's, it's Georgia. Okay, but it's, it, the, it, yeah, it's, the, yeah. And it's the, uh, the Miami teams that were, you know, three deep at tight end with borderline Hall of Famers. If you look at Ohio State, there are – now – I also said to Dane before the show, the the though Dane has turned this into a true cottage industry strong enough that you can raise a four-person, four-child family on, others do put out mock drafts that maybe don't have the same uh, research behind them. But anybody can put out a mock draft on the internet. There's a lot of them. Generally speaking, there's about eight Buckeyes that show up in these uh, mock drafts. Now, we know it's not going to be eight in the first mm -hmm. round. But they're going to have a very, very strong argument to make a uh, run at the number six. Um, so we're just going to start at the top. And, you know, it's pretty obvious. Um, I guess now is the time to have the put in context what Ohio State is doing at wide receiver conversation. Because I think, and I know this because I know what they have in the pipeline. I think we're in the midst of the greatest recruiting run at any position ever. Um, if you look at where they're going to end up in the NFL, combined with their production once they get there, um, very few busts among this crew. And if you look at what uh, Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave did last year, if you look at uh, uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba being the first receiver taken this year, and anyone who's seen it knows he's going to outperform number 20. And now you look at coming up in this draft, Marvin Harrison is projected to, to be the highest rated uh, Ohio State wide receiver ever taken. Emeka Egbuka has many, many fans that have him in the top 10. And then I know for a fact what they have in the pipeline. They've got a freshman who I think could eventually be the man. They've got the number one recruit coming in the next class, Jeremiah Smith out of Florida, who is compared to Marvin Harrison. And then of rising sophomores, they have a commitment from Chris Henry Jr., who is, as some people said, the best receiver they've ever seen play in Ohio at this age now. That's a lot of hyperbole, but Brian Hartline has gotten to the point where this is actually standard operating procedure. Could you please uh, put in context what he's doing, 
and then break it down to the two dudes you think will go this year in the first round, if you do think so. Yeah, it really is hard to uh, talk about this uh, subject without sounding hyperbolic because of uh, it, it is pretty rare to get this run at a certain position of high-end uh, prospects. Uh, and obviously, these guys are performing at the college level. They're going high in the draft. And as we saw last year with Alave and Wilson, they're performing very quickly. And, I mean, I think just a, a really tough uh, exercise Take the wide receivers that Ohio State has produced the last three years with Olave, Wilson, Smith, and Jigba. Throw Marvin Harrison in there. Throw Ibuka in there. You could even throw Jamison Williams in there. And it's like, okay, how do you how do you even rank these guys from best to worst? Uh, because whoever you end up with as the you know, fifth or sixth on that list, it's going to be insulting because these right. guys are really really good. Um, and I mean, I, I'll. Take your word for it on the guys coming up. Obviously, I haven't seen them get, them yet, but based on what Ohio State has done with uh, with Coach Hartline, with what the, these receivers, they look at this offense, they look at who the quarterbacks are, they look at you know what Ohio State is producing, and they say, yeah, I want to go to the NFL, I want to be part of that. And so it's not a really a big surprise that uh, you know they're they able to do this. I, I do have a question for you though, like Marvin Harrison. When he was coming out of high school in the Philly area, I mean, he was, I believe, a four-star, but like he wasn't believed no. to be this big-time recruit. What? What do you? And obviously, he had the name recognition with the bloodlines. What was, uh, you know, the hang-up with some of the recruiting sites stopping them from giving him a, a fifth star or making him a, you know, top ten at his position? Uh, you know, what? What was it kind of holding him back? I don't have a great answer for that. What's ironic is, and I mentioned this, I'll just tell you this. The two kids they have committed in high school are both rated higher than any receiver they've ever gotten. So put that, right. keep that in mind. Um, I don't have a great answer for that. I, I don't think he threw up crazy stats. He's also not, he's, if you were to say there's one small thing that, that he does, he doesn't probably have Olympic four by 100 speed. And you know, what no. jumps off the screen and that kind of, uh, and that kind of respect. I also think people are, well, this is just my theory on this. While people are apt to put a guy up there because of his name recognition, I think they're somewhat hesitant to put him at the very, very top thinking they'll get, oh, he's just putting Marvin Harrison's kid up there. I think there's right. a little bit of that. Just as like that's helped his Q rating now because you know that he's uh, winning at the dinner table as opposed to losing. But I also think this, he was a kid and he's probably better now than he was. Yeah. It's fluid. You know what I'm saying? Like it's hard oh, yeah. to, some kids just get better. And uh, also he wasn't because of his situation. I don't think his family was pushing him out there from a marketing standpoint, maybe like some of the other kids who are the firstborn son of a, you know what I'm saying? Like right. Marvin was going to make it regardless. Uh, yeah. And the, the, the guy who really had to evaluate them had him number one, had him one or two, which was Brian Hartline. So all worked out. Yeah. That's a good question though. Yeah. Because when, when I watch him, when I study him, I mean, like there's just, there's not any weaknesses with this guys. And uh, yep. look, it's, I, I am not one to be prisoner of the moment and mm -hmm. to, you know, hype up guys just for the sake of doing it and getting so, um, you know, stuck on what they can do that no, not focusing on you know, what areas they can improve. But that's what you love about Marvin Harrison is it's not some guys, they just know they're faster than everybody. Some receivers, they just know they're bigger than everybody. 
Mervin Harrison, he has everything. He doesn't, he has the physical traits in terms of the athleticism. He's 6'3, 205. Maybe you wish he was a little bit bigger, but in no way do you watch him and say, oh, this guy's not strong or he's not, uh, doesn't have the muscle to do it. He does. Um, Maybe, you know, by draft time, he'll be closer to 212. We'll see. But not only does he have those physical traits, he also has uh, the savvy. Uh, the instinctive nature that you need at the receiver position to get open. And it's it's something that you could you could see almost immediately. I watching that Rose Bowl two years ago when you know Jackson Smith the Jigba was obviously the big uh you know headline from that game, a bold record. But Marvin Harrison watching him, I came away from the Rose Bowl saying, okay, this would have been this is the top this is the best receiver in college football. And I, last summer I tweeted that I said that. And uh, I said he would be the easy wide receiver one if he were in last year's draft class. And I mean, the, the comments are kind of funny going back and reading it now. So a lot of people saying, oh, he's, he's not even the second best receiver on his own team and this and that. Marvin Harrison is different. And he showed it last year. I think more and more people are understanding that he will be, barring injury, he will be the first Ohio State wide receiver to ever be drafted in the top five picks. Um, and I, I think he doesn't have that elite, elite speed, but I still think he's going to run the four fours. Um, uh, the mile per hour numbers are over 23 miles per hour, uh, on the field. And that's what, that's what teams are, uh, really focused on. Um, but like I said before, it's more so than just his size, his speed and, and what he's going to, how he's going to test the tempo that he plays with. Every step has purpose, his ability to leverage coverage. And then his his uh, focus at the catch point is special. Uh, and the way the best way I can describe it, growing up watching Chris Carter, um, just really focusing on his game, he had this remarkable ability to slow down the ball with his eyes. And that's just that's the best way I can describe it. And I think there's a few other receivers since Chris Carter that I've seen be able to do that. Larry Fitzgerald was one of them, um, a few others. But Marvin Harrison has that. And I, I think so even when he's he's covered, he's open because of the way that he can attack the football. So this is a, a special, special player. Um, I will be very, very surprised if the, the first three players drafted next April, if they're not Caleb Williams, Drake May, Marvin Harrison, two quarterbacks and then the receiver uh, in, in whatever order. We'll see how the order plays out. But I'll be very surprised if those are not the three first three players drafted next April. Let's do the Marvin Harrison perspective conversation here. It's, of course, as of this point, where would you put him as a receiver all time and all time among the Buckeyes you've recruited? You've recruited. We'd all recruit him. Uh, there wouldn't be any recruiting. There, right now, there'd be check writing in the NIL era. Uh, where would you put him against all the other Buckeyes you've evaluated? I mean, he's he's the best Ohio State receiver, I mean, and I had a big, big grade on Garrett Wilson. Um, I I liked him a uh, 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 quite a bit. I mean, he was the best receiver in that draft two years ago. Uh, I had a top ten grade on him. Thought he was you know going to be a stud, and obviously so far so good. Uh, but Marvin Harrison, he is a higher grade, and you know I've been doing this for fifteen years professionally, and you know I think. The just going back to top receivers the last 15 years, you know, Jamar Chase is up there. Um, I, I think I'd give Harrison a slight edge over Jamar Chase because of the size. I think Chase gives you maybe a little bit more make you miss, a little more elusiveness Deuce. to him for the yak. Um, but I, I think I'd still give the edge to Harrison because of some of the strengths that he offers. But I mean, you're going back to 
that AJ Green Julio Jones draft to compare yep. him with those guys. Um, so we're, we're talking a big, big time uh, prospect there. Yeah, I've heard other guys say that, and um, that's usually where they stop. I actually heard some guys go back class for class, and you get to Julio Jones, basically, and A.J. Yeah. Green. And it's, what's interesting, he's kind of like the hybrid of the two. Mm-hmm. Um, but see, the thing that's different is all that's great, and then his name is Marvin Harrison. Yeah. Okay, that's it's the, not even Tony Dorsett. Or, but the, the fact that you you can have a whole conversation about Marvin Harrison and his game and what's special about him and – how good he is, how talented he is. And you don't even need to mention that. That is, yeah. you know, what his lineage is and the bloodlines. You don't even have to because he does it all. He stands on his own, you know? And so that, 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 that makes it even more special that he's doing it without needing that little bump from, uh, you know, who his dad is. So I'll just say this as uh, the people who watch the show, as I said, buck nuts, it's not called buck rational observers. Let's enjoy the, the last year of Marvin Harrison, because listen, as we've talked hyperbolically about wide receiver, and there's actually a very good chance that we will never see another receiver this good at Ohio state. That's how good he is. And I'll guarantee you this, unless one of these hall of famers has a kid, how many guys, I mean, Marvin Harrison and X other dudes are the top receivers of all time. So one of those guys has to have a kid for this to be matched. All right. Now, Coming out of high school, the higher-rated receiver was a guy named Emeka Egbuka out of the Seattle area. Um, he's been a guest on the show. He's one of those guys, and it happened at practice yesterday, the, uh, two days ago, as the offense is coming off. He wasn't happy with the practice. He stopped it and had a speech for the entire offense about how they weren't coming. This is a first-class human being, Emeka Egbuka. Uh, he's a pro's pro, like both these, that's another thing about Ohio state. We're so lucky now, no knucklehead to this group, man, all good dudes. We met them. Um, that wasn't always the case. Now this is a really nice group of kids. However, Emeka Buka is first off the bus to talk to the press. Uh, and he's also a tremendous player. Uh, the best thing Brian Hartline has said about him is whatever issue they have on the team, they throw a Mecca at it. Special teams, throw it to a Mecca. We're having trouble in the screen game, get a Mecca involved. We're having trouble getting deep, get a Mecca involved. He's a very balanced, he's a tremendous athlete. Uh, one of our evaluators thought he'd be a better corner coming out of high school. That's how good he was. I have heard him compared to by a CBS draft employee, Jamar Chase. Now, that's probably hyperbole, but... He is certainly destined for the first round. And I asked you for a ranking of all these guys at one point in time. He was not as high as the other dudes. Has he changed in your eyes? Yeah, yeah, it, it's hard to rank him. I mean, I, I personally would still have him. I mean, I, I think he he's close. Because, yeah, I mean, it's hard because you, you rank these guys. And you feel like you're slighting one of them, right? But, I mean, it's Marvin Harrison, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave for me. That, that's my personal top three. And then it's you're fighting JSN and Agbuka right there you're, right. You're for that that fourth and fifth spot. Which again, you hate to put one of those guys five because they're they're so talented. Uh, with with Agbuka, he's he's a little more subtle with how good he is. Like he's not a guy that's gonna. He probably won't run a four three. Probably be low four fours uh, in the forty. So he's plenty fast enough. Um, does you know the size is good, not great, uh, but his he's. The best way I could describe his game is he always makes himself available as a receiver. And it sounds very simplistic, 
but it's a very underrated trait for a wide receiver because the quarterback knows he's going to be in the right place at the right time. He's very technically sound. Um, he's a guy that gets himself open consistently, man coverage, zone coverage. Uh, you want to play him in the slot, play him outside. He can do that. And so, you know, when JSM, he got hurt last year, Ibuka saw more and more slot snaps. And that's where I think he really blossomed as a receiver uh, because he understands how to find that open zone, how to manipulate coverage. And he's very talented at it. Um, I, one of the reasons I don't love that Jamar Chase comparison is uh, while Ibuka is great at understanding everything going on around him, he's not a dangerous ball carrier you know after the catch he, I, watching all the tapes from last year just did there were not many examples of him making guys miss so I you know I I, I don't think he, he has that power where he's just going to barrel through tackles he's not overly elusive but he is a guy that gets open and he catches the football really well so you know it, it's you I think there are some comparisons you can make to Jackson Smith and Jigba except that Buka is a better athlete and uh, Smith and, uh, and Jigba is. And I think he's, he, we're going to hear throughout the process how, you know, he's going to be, a, he's a slot receiver. And that I, he is not a quote unquote slot only receiver, but I do think he is quote unquote a best in the slot receiver. So using that ability to, uh, the, all, all the talent that he has, to use the middle of the field. Uh, but if you want to kick him outside, he can do that no problem. So, I would be very surprised if he ends up in the top 10. I, I, I didn't quite see him that high, but I, I think you could very easily see him top 20, top 25, somewhere in that range as a guy that comes in, be a number <laughs> two wide receiver for a team. Um, and he's ready to help out pretty quickly. So I, I'm very excited to watch both these guys again in that Ohio State offense. It does seem to me that the concept of the slot has changed. Back in the day, the slot was like uh, Wes Welker. And right now, I actually think you can make an argument your number one receiver should always be in the slot. I saw a statistic from a few years ago about Cooper Cup that he faced the year they won the Super Bowl. He faced more linebackers in coverage than any other receiver. And certainly that wasn't by choice. Mm-hmm. That was a designed. And uh, the easiest way to design you get a guy to get open is in the slot. So for everyone watching the concept of slot needs to be expanded in your mind. It does not mean flanker back as it used to be. And you know what I'm saying? Well, a guy who just couldn't get off the jam. Right. So you put him in motion. Now there are some guys, there are some big dudes who work great out of the slot, almost like a hybrid tight end guys in the middle there, but we digress. All right, let's move to the defensive line. Um, this is pretty interesting. I'm not saying these two guys have gotten too much pub, but the, the projections for JT Tuomolau and even Jack Sawyer, I'll put Tyleek Williams in there, even Mike Hall, they are projections. Um, just like we can sit here and say uh, Marvin Harrison and Emeka Buka, if neither one of them played a snap this year, I think their draft status would be solid. I guess Emeka has a chance to move himself up, but they'd be solid. There's not much – what more can they put on tape in terms mm-hmm. of just you know, getting better? I would say to a Molau, barring the Penn State game and Jack Sawyer, have yet to kind of totally blossom into what they were expected to be. Now, they've been very good, um, but both were super highly rated. And here at Ohio State, I think the standard has gotten to a Bosa Young-like vibe. So our expectations are crazy. Could you please assess JT to a Molau and Jack Sawyer? We'll do Tyleek Williams and, and maybe split those off and then do Tyleek uh 
Tyreek Williams and Mike Hall because they're more the interior dudes. You, the floor is yours. Right, yeah, and, and if Ohio State, if they're not known for receivers, they're known for pass rushers, right? You think of the Bosa's, you think about Chase Young, um, and, and even some of the non-first round or non-top ten guys, uh, you know, like uh, Harrison last year, uh, you know, a guy like Baron Browning, uh, Sam Hubbard, sure. you know, the, the, the Ohio State produces this position, and uh, you know, obviously Larry Johnson's a big part of that legendary defensive line coach. And that's why a guy like uh, JTT goes to Ohio state from Washington to be a part of that program. And, uh, you know, he is, you know, he had like three and a half sacks last year. Like the numbers aren't, don't just jump off the page, but uh, you know, he is a disruptive guy and mm-hmm. he is very, very polished for a, a young player, just a true sophomore last year. Uh, his pass rush arsenal is, is really impressive. Um, I don't think he's necessarily elite in any one of those areas. Like he's not really a bendy rusher. That's not what he is. He's more big, strong, athletic. Um, you know, uh, talking to you know people at, on on campus at Ohio State, they say he could suit up for the basketball team and very easily, uh, you know, play for that that program because of just how he his body control, the way he moves, uh, and the physical makeup that he has. Um, but he does a nice job. Uh, understanding how to break down the rhythm of blockers, whether it's with a spin move, whether it's it's a long arm. Uh, he has a pass rush arsenal that is diverse and it's very deep. It's not just he has a one one trick pony relies on, you know, this one aspect of his game to beat blockers. Uh, he can do it a lot of different ways. He just needs to do it more consistently and be more disruptive. Uh, but I think there's a lot to like there for a guy that's 6'4", 270. Um, you know, he's in that mid first round mix right now. Uh, and if he puts up uh, the type of season we think he's capable of putting up, you know, that, that Penn State game is just more uh, spread out throughout the season. Could he get to the top 10? Sure. And pass rushers are going to go high. They always will. And a guy like uh, JTT, who has, again, might not be on that Bosa Chase Young level in terms of upside, in terms of he could be an elite pass rusher in the NFL. Uh, he could still be a solid starter in the NFL. And in the NFL, if you're a solid starter at pass rusher, you're going to get paid. And so this is a guy that has a chance to uh, not only be a mid-first round pick, but uh, you know, possibly be even more after the season. With Sawyer, um, you know, he's not that, uh, you know, kind of a lot of what I said about JTT, but also, you know, not doesn't have some of the same juice. Um, you know, I think he might be a, a better run defender than pass rusher right now. And so, you know, there are some aspects of his game that you want to see him get better at uh, just be more disruptive with his speed um, unlock his pass rush by setting up rushers and different blockers in different ways. Uh, so there's just, you know, you love his physical hands. You love uh, the, he's, the motor's great. He's always in chase mode. He'll, he'll make plays away from his uh, side of the field. But again, it's just, you see stiffness. Um, there's very little deception to what he's doing. So, uh, you know, understanding what counters to use, setting up blockers better. Jack Sawyer just needs to do a better job of that uh, this year because he's another guy, absolutely, right now is in that top 50 mix. Uh, not a lock top 50 player, but if yeah. the draft were tomorrow, I think he'd be somewhere uh, in that top 50 conversation. Uh, but scouts just want to see more from him yeah. this year. I think he has the ability to do it. He just needs to put it all together. Mm-hmm. Um, he faced a lot of pressure, I think, coming in as the pseudo third Bosa brother. You know what I'm saying? Everyone just assumed the number one guy in the country, 
you look at him in his pads, that's not stereotype here, but he looked kind of similar and had a similar reputation. I don't think history will look upon the Bosa brothers as anything but kind of these two unique, two mm-hmm. is not a unique word, but unique brothers that the pedigree and the preparation, et cetera, was just, uh, it's not going to happen again. Um, yeah. So let's move on to the inside guys. Mike calls a guy that his first step is might be as good as any other interior guy we've had here. He's not your traditionally sized dude. I think he's down to almost 280, hmm. but uh, he plays inside. Tyreek Williams, more your plugger type. What's your thoughts on these two dudes? Well, I mean, you you hit on it. That that initial quickness, uh, it's special. And, you know, we've seen a guy like Kalijah Kansi last year was a first-round pick, top 20 pick, because of that, that initial quickness. Now, obviously, you need more than that just to, to be a first-round pick and to be uh, a consistent NFL starter. It's great that you have that, that first-step quickness, but uh, to hold up on rundowns, to uh, once you are engaged, to get off blocks – um, you know, that is something that, uh, you know, he needs to get better at just more consistent at, but, uh, you know, throw on the Iowa tape and, you know, there were, I, I would runs that outside stuff and, you know, the try to reach Michael Hall, good luck. Uh, number 51 beating the reach, getting in this gap, making plays in the backfield, did it consistently. So now, and, and it's about more putting more snaps on film. Um, you know, he was begged up last year wasn't even considered a full-time starter. And so now just being a full-time guy and doing it on a consistent basis, if he's able to do that, there's no reason why he can't be in that top 50 mix as well. Um, Williams, same kind of thing. I mean, he's 6'2", by 300 pounds, low, heavy hands. Um, He does get the initial push that you want. And so now it's about working off of that, okay? He has that strength. He has that pop of contact. So, okay, now what's that secondary move? What's the, the, the next step for him to uh, get off that block and make a play? So both these guys have a lot of talent, a lot of ability. It's just a matter of, uh, you know, kind of like you said with Jack Sawyer, taking that next step, taking that, uh, you know, both as a developmental player with your technique, your fundamentals, um, but then also uh, just with the production. You want to see – you see these flashes of production, this disruption, just need to see it more consistently, game in, game out. Yeah, with the defensive interior this year, I don't know this will happen, but if those guys stay healthy, I think this is the best and deepest defensive interior they've had. I've got Don Hamilton back there as a backup. Mm-hmm. The transfer, Taiwan Malone. This is a name you're going to want to know, Dan. I don't know if you know it yet. Yeah. He went to Mississippi as a the biggest uh, power hitter to walk the East Coast. And has since given up on baseball, so he's transferred. And we are hearing tremendous stuff about him out of preseason and camp and that he's focused solely on football now. And he absolutely looks the part. And uh, there's rumors he may even grab a starting job. So we will keep an eye on that. Let's talk about the linebackers. Uh, Tommy Eichenberg. I said the biggest recruitment they got all summer was getting Tommy Eichenberg to come back. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure what he's going to prove this year. Um, I guess he could just win some more awards. But in terms of your middle linebacker, and I put that in air quotes now because the classic middle linebacker, fullback, plugger, toughest kid in your high school that could dip Copenhagen from the front like that, he's gone. you got to be able to be in coverage now. you got to play sideline to sideline. Um, it's almost like everything has shifted down with the safety coming down as well. Your thoughts on Tommy Eichenberg and uh, his draft status? I think Eichenberg is 
uh, right now, a day two pick. Um, not a guy that necessarily you're going to think of as a top 50 guy. But once you get into back end around two, round three, Tommy Eichenberg is a guy that coaches they're going to love. Um, you know, he has uh, the, the, the trigger, uh, the, the way he trusts his eyes. Uh, key read attack. That's what he does. Uh, you know, he doesn't ha- he doesn't have to think about things. You know, he, he processes what he sees so quickly that it's just read, react, go. Uh, strong tackler can, you know, some of the, it, it's a, it's like a trade-off. Some of these linebackers that can play in space and, nice. you know, have the coverage ability, they can't work downhill. They don't have the pop at contact. They get caught lost in the crowd near the, the line of scrimmage. Eichenberg can work off blocks. He can, uh, you know, maneuver through space and make plays in the backfield. Introducing the two-way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the two-way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the two-way for yourself at newbalance.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Now, this is a you can see him uh, where because I thought he actually graded well and pass coverage. But there are times where, you know, there's a lot of route concepts happening and he, he he takes a little more conservative approach than maybe taking some chances. And so that that's where he needs to get a little bit better. But I, this is this is an NFL linebacker. And there's no question about it. Um, he's not that elite athlete, but he's not a bad athlete either. And he's probably going to run in the low four sevens in the 40 yard dash. Um, good enough size. Um, so, the, and, and again, what you like most about him is the awareness, uh, the the run keys, uh, his instinctive approach to the field. And NFL teams are going to love that. Um, you know, Steel Chambers, the other linebacker, is really interesting too. Um, not quite the same prospect, uh, but he's a draftable player. Somewhere on Absolutely. day three, physical in the run game. Um, there, there are times where he get, gets sucked up, and you know, he loses sight of the ball. Um, and you know, there are other times where maybe he's not the most consistent tackler, but he's got quick hands. Uh, he's got a really good feel for what's happening so he can mirror outside. Uh, he's an explosive athlete. He's got pursuit speed. Uh, and you know, he has that, that edge to him. He tackles with purpose. Um, and so he, regardless, you know, he's going to make plays on special teams. So, you know, steel chambers might not be that top 100 pick that Tommy Eichenberg is, but still draftable, still has a place in the NFL. Yeah, between them, Chambers and Eichenberg are going to play 20 years in the NFL. You can take that to the bank. Two leaders and first-class dudes. Steel Chambers is one of those guys, they almost seem fake coming out of high school. He's got Mm -hmm. the name of a private detective. He was a great baseball player. He had tremendous grades. He's been a great Buckeye. So Steel Chambers is a guy you want in your locker room. Uh, all the time 
There's more guys who are rumored to be in the first round. Let's go back onto the offense. Last year, I believe Paris Johnson was the first offensive lineman selected. Mm-hmm. A lot of hullabaloo and chatter about other people. And when it came right down to it, they went with traits. Uh, and Paris Johnson had those in droves. Uh, the blind side is getting cre- uh, a lot of pub these days for other reasons. But if we're going to recast that and Paris was in it, don't be surprised. Donovan Jackson. We're moving inside. Ohio State probably going to have the hopefully the top guard picked. He has been uh, a plug-and-play guy at Ohio State, which is a very hard thing to do on the offensive line now. That's it. I mean, he's from Texas. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was highly regarded. I think he was the number one guard in the class, came in, and has done nothing to besmirch that reputation. Your thoughts on DJ? Yeah, they, they got the top two uh, guys out of Texas that year with, with uh, Ewers and then Jackson. And obviously Ewers uh, commanded most of the headlines, but Jackson, uh, for him to step in right away and have a role was pretty impressive. Um, is an explosive athlete. For a guy that's 6'4", 300 pounds, explosive dude. And he has range. Uh, you know, he where he's working up to the second level, he's pulling. Um, you know, there, there are times when... He does overextend himself a little bit, but he is such a good athlete that he can recover and he can redirect, maintain his leverage. He's got that body flexibility to him. Um, and so it's just more about consistency with, with Donovan Jackson uh, because we know he has the talent, the ability. Now, can he sustain his blocks? Uh, you know, Can he uh, counter what rushers are doing or throwing at him? And we saw it in the Georgia game. You know, there's – uh, he has some, you know, some of the quickest feet you're going to see for an offensive lineman in this class. But it doesn't mean as much if you can't reposition yourself and stay engaged and reset. And so it's just about consistency from Donovan Jackson because there's no question he has the talent to be a first round pick. Right now, I would say he's not in the first round, but absolutely has the ability to get in there. Yeah, I bet on him getting there, especially because he's going to be featured a little bit this year. The Ohio State marketing uh, arm will probably won't hurt him as well. There's more guys to talk about. I actually, let's do, okay, this is an interesting one. Denzel Burke. Mm -hmm. So Denzel Burke came in as a recruited as an athlete out of Arizona. He was one of those kids who was by far the best player on his high school team, was kind of used everywhere. Came in here and was an immediate starter as a true freshman at corner and was fantastic. Last year, maybe he got distracted. Maybe uh, there were things that took his mind away from the field, let's say. And he wasn't as consistent. Um, And, you know, with corners, it started going downhill on him. He lost a little bit of his confidence and it, it kind of built on itself. We are told he has recovered mentally, physically, spiritually, and is ready uh, to return to his old form and get even better. He's looked tremendous in camp. And he has all the traits. Number one corner at Ohio State used to be a pipeline to the first round position. Is this our guy to get us back there? I I can't <laughs> wait to, to find out because I I think, yeah, you watch his freshman tape and you say, okay, well, this is a future first round pick. You watch just a sophomore tape and you say, okay, this is a fourth round pick. Uh, because you know, he has some of the traits that you look for. He's six one, one nineties, you know, probably gonna run four, four, seven, somewhere around there. He's you know, just Good, you know, good size, good speed. Uh, but last year on tape, it's just, you know, the, the route recognition wasn't there. You know, he's given up way too many 
completions in front of him. Uh, you know, on third down, he's allowing receivers to get open and not understanding where the sticks are and where he needs to uh, where where he needs to be on the field. And there's just so many things about his game from last year's tape that were frustrating and that made you. And I, I I do agree with you. I think it was somewhat of a snowball effect where you start to give up a few plays and you start to get down yourself and you play tight. Uh, and, and I think that had happened with Denzel Burke because he was not the same player that we saw from his freshman season when he was playing a little more loose, a little more free to go out there and just make plays. So, you know, now with expectations on top of him, how does he look this year? I cannot wait to find out because he has the ability to get back into that first round. But if the draft were tomorrow, he wouldn't be a first round pick. I don't even think he'd be a second round pick. Um, he would be somewhere outside the top two rounds because of what he put on tape <laughs> last year. You can't take that guy. In in the top two rounds, based off what he did last year, but the good thing for him is this 2023 tape. He has a chance to change all of that, change the narrative, and prove to scouts and to everybody, you know, the, the type of player that he is. So I'm I'm very excited to see what he puts on tape this year. If there was a similar prospect on offense to Denzel Burke, and that they flashed early and struggled after that, it would be running back Travion Henderson. Mm-hmm. He definitely has. The body type that they want in the NFL, your 5'11", was he 210, somewhere between 205 or 215 area. He has sprinter speed now. Let's put this out there. In a straight line, he might be the fastest back we've had here. He doesn't have a ton of wiggle, and he doesn't break a ton of tackles, and he's been somewhat injury prone. However, uh, the characteristics are there. Um, so he is projected by some people to be a first-round draft pick. That would shock me. Yeah. If Trayvon Henderson is a first-round draft pick, that would bode well for the Buckeyes this season coming up. Um, your thoughts on Trayvon Henderson as he enters, you know, obviously his, his key year here. Yeah, I mean, I just don't understand how you can put him in the first round right now. Um, yeah, and maybe he'll change that based off what he does on tape this year. Um, hopefully he does. That'd be great to see. Uh, but, yeah, there are – he does have a lot of what you want at the next level. Uh, but because of the way the running back position is, uh, the way NFL teams draft this position, and just the way he struggled with injuries last year. Um, and when he was on the field, you saw it in flashes, but not consistently. So what do we see from Henderson this year? Uh, again, like Burke, can't wait to find out. He's he's built low to the ground. Uh, he, he has the feet. He has the ex- acceleration that you want to see. Um, you know, he can, he has the toughness where he can grind out yards, but he also has that speed where he could be a big play threat. So he can win in different ways as a ball carrier. And you love to see that. Um, I, I'm, I'm just, are we going to see the guy as we saw as a freshman who had, you know, 1200 yards and looked like a future stud. I mean, two years ago, Trevion Henderson and Bijan Robinson were the top two backs that I saw in college football. Backs. Obviously, Bijan Robinson, you know, last year lived up to that and was a top 10 pick. Henderson did not. Now, what do we see from him this year as a junior uh, now that he's supposedly healthy? Um, because he has a do everything skill set. You know, he can be a pass catcher out of the backfield, he can be a blocker, he can run the ball and win with power, win with speed. So, right now, he's, uh, you know, more of a it's hard to put a firm grade on him because so much where he's going to be drafted all depends on what he does this year. Sure. Brass tax jumped in there and said, Robert Smith is the fastest back in Ohio state history. I'll tell you what, I'll go back and look, but Trayvon Henderson won the hundred in the state of Virginia, his Mm. junior year. And 
Virginia's no joke now when it comes to track. I'll have to go look that up, but I'll bet. I'll tell you what, if there's a four by one all time team, Trey and Robert Smith, the running backs, are probably on there for us. So we'll check. And we, out. we never got an official time with J.K. Dobbins, too. I mean, we, we heard about yeah. uh, how he was a, a four three guy, four three guy. We but he never he he never ran during the the draft process when he was coming out. So we never really got that quote unquote official time on him. I think Travion Henderson's the fastest personally. I'll go back and look at the times, but if I remember correctly, it, it's just unheard of. Um, how first of all, we are splitting hairs here among elite dudes and yeah. old Ben brings up a great point. Guess who was a track star a day in his life? Uh, the great Zeke Elliott, whose oh, mom yeah. was a track star at Missouri. Oh, yeah. His dad was a middle linebacker and whose younger sister is on her way to the Olympics, I think. So when in doubt, draft an Elliott. Okay. We're not even done yet. We're almost done. A couple guys to talk about here who I think could make an impact. I'll tell you a guy who, could rise in the draft, and I would not be surprised to be maybe a mid to late second, early third round pick, and then it's tight end Cade Stover. Mm, yeah, yeah, and I, I'm definitely a Cade Stover fan um, based based off what he did last year. Um, you know, he's he enters this season as the top senior tight end uh, for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I I love what he does as a blocker. Uh, he is so competitive. <clears throat> he uh, whether it's in line, whether it's out in space, um, he is a guy that wants to put you on the ground and bury you. And so uh, that's his mentality. That's the way he carries himself. Uh, but he, he's also a dependable pass catcher too. Um, now, I thought last year he, down the stretch, fell off a little bit. You know, yeah. you look at the Michigan game. You look at uh, – That's a big drop. I know which one you're talking about. Right, exactly. And, and that that was a big play. But, you, you know, he, I know he got hurt too uh, against Georgia. And that, that's a big reason why he came back to school. Um, I, I think he, if he stays healthy, um, he, he might leave and would have been a borderline top 100 pick if he came out. Um, but now going back to school, he has a chance to really cement himself as a, a day two player. Uh, we'll see if he's able to do that, but you know, this is a guy as a pass catcher just needs to tidy up some of that route timing, some of the, the manip- manipulation, uh, because you know, tight ends don't get open, you know, it, unless you're the elite of the elite tight ends don't get open. But that, and that's why it's so important for your uh, route mechanics to be uh, where they need to be, so you can get that little, those little passing windows, the the little uh, spaces of separation to uh, give the quarterback a window. So you know, can he get better at that with a new quarterback this year? That that's what NFL scouts are hoping to see. He is a he's a good athlete. He's a really good basketball player come out of high school. So I know he has the athleticism. Um, speed is good, not great, but it's just about some of the little things, um, you know, in coverage to get open, work the middle of the field, move the sticks. Uh, if you could do that more consistently this year, he'll be a day two pick, but it's all about the, the, if he can, uh, and I think we know he can, it's just, can he do it consistently? Cade Stover is, uh, he is a, I can't think of anybody I'd rather fight less than Cade Stover. I'm serious. I believe it. I asked this question to Brian Hartline. You guys might find this. Get a quick chuckle out of this. I asked Brian Hartline after we were off the show. I'd like to ask um, if there's a huge brawl in the locker room, who walks out? You know what Brian Hartline's answer was? Me. He meant (laughs) Brian Hartline. But anyway, uh, I asked it because um, Eichenberg and Stover are roommates. Okay. And I imagine they would just line up back to back and go back to their room afterwards, probably legitimately unscathed. 
I think Brian Hartland, I think we actually settled on Mike Hall being the winner. But anyway, that's another discussion. Mm-hmm. And there's also a discussion going on here on fastest Buckeye ever because we started with running backs. And I was talking just running backs. Yes, if you're going fastest ever, Joey Galloway and Ted Ginn Jr. were probably two of the fastest people ever to walk the earth. Last guys we'll talk about. Uh, last guy, which is interesting because – there are some people who think he's a liability and you can find other places. He's listed as a preseason all American, then a safety length and ransom. Yeah. Well, uh, uh, this summer on the athletic, I've been doing my position by position previews. Um, and you know, I list my top 20, top 25 seniors at every position, top underclassmen, but I also do a kind of a breakdown of the top five at each position and my safeties come out today. So you can read it right. up on the athletic. And uh, Lathan Ransom is in that top five. Um, I I think that, you know, you, as a safety, uh, it's almost like an offensive lineman. Now, as, a, as an offensive tackle, you could be great for 98% of the game. But if you give up two sacks, uh, two key sacks that affect the game, that's all fans are going to remember. Same thing with the safety. If you have, you could be great most of the game, but if you have a few bad mistakes, costly mistakes, that's what people are going to remember. And especially you think about those last three games last year, Maryland, Michigan, Georgia, there were, there were mistakes in those three games that I think that's how that's the narrative with, with Lathan ransom. But for 98% of those games, uh, he was a very, very good player. Uh, you see the closing speed. You see a guy that can play the run, can play the pass. Uh, the Maryland game, I believe he had a, a block punt as well. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Lathan Ransom has a lot of things that I want in, in a safety, the speed, the size, the want to, uh, I, I know he put on muscle this past year. He's healthy. So it's just about avoiding those costly mistakes. Um, you know, and can he do it this year? If he does, I Lathan Ransom is a guy that will be a day two pick and be a starter in the NFL. It's just yeah. about a matter of being a little more consistent in some of those key situations, which I get. It, that, that's important. Don't get me wrong. You have to be able to trust your safeties, just like you have to be able to trust your offensive tackles. You can't have some of those key mistakes. Ransom, I think he'll be better for it in the long run, and we'll see what he puts on tape this year. So I went to a game this past year and actually did a thing where, and like uh, Dane has mentioned, when you watch one guy play after play after play after play, it is different than watching the game. Um if you haven't ever done that, go back and just go to YouTube right now and pick out a game and pick one guy and watch 10 straight plays. It, it will it will be an eye-opener for you if you've never done that. Mm-hmm. Lathan Ransom is tremendous coming forward. He is as good as it gets coming up. His timing, his angles, once he has to turn and run, it gets a little dicey. And I'm sure that's that way for a lot of safeties. But when you're in person, it is uh, – he when you see him in person, when he hits you, you're going down. He's got, I'm not saying he's Antoine Winfield, who I thought had cement in his pads and I couldn't explain the physics Mm -hmm. of the contact, but Lathan Ransom is a very, very good tackler. Like if he he gets his hand on you, you're going down. And for safety, that's underrated. And and what also you love about him is just all the different ways that Ohio State and Jim Knowles would use him. I mean, they would play him at the nickel. They would use him in the boundary. They'd use him on the edge. You can use him all over because of that range, because he can hold up versus the run. Um, So having – and we know Ohio State likes to play three safeties out there. And when you have a guy with that versatility – that 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 is a big you know if you have a bunch of safeties ranked similar the the versatility to play all, all all over the field that's something that can give you the edge over another safety when it comes to draft time so ransom has that going for him I think it was 
I know he thought about coming out, um, you know, and being going to the draft. I think he made the right decision. Go back to school, show teams that you know you can cut down on some of these the, these mistakes. Still be aggressive, but without losing, uh, but maybe pulling back a little bit without losing that same aggressiveness that makes you such a good player. Just getting back, like we just said, Eichenberg, you know, Ransom, even Stover, like you just said, getting those guys back. That's actually why I'm more confident about the team this year than maybe in years past, because it's great to have these all world superhero type players, but the core of your team being veteran, solid mid round picks is how you win games and win the national championship. Right, Dane. More productive than any other guest I've ever had, obviously, but let's finish with this. Maybe your Ohio roots will come through. As I look at the season on the whole, Ohio State's most difficult game by far is at Michigan. Um, last year, I, here's why I say that and why I would say last year went, that is a war of attrition. The last week of the season, it's cold. Your roster, unfortunately, is bearing the brunt of all those games. I think Ohio State was better against Georgia because they had a month off. It was on a level playing field in a climate controlled, you know, arena where it's really just talent is more indicative of what goes on and your coaches get more time to scheme, et cetera. The way I look at the schedule now, if I were going to have to predict, I think I could see Ohio state losing at Michigan and then beating Michigan in the national championship game. Is that unrealistic? How do you see the season? Um, are you as high on Ohio state and Michigan as the rest of the country? Yeah, I mean Michigan's really, really good. I mean they're they're they have they'll have at least ten guys drafted next April, um, and they're really strong in the offensive line, like they have been the last few years. They won the Joe Moore Award as a top offensive line the last two years, and this offensive line that they have this year is the best they've had. JJ yes. um, McCarthy at quarterback has all the talent, all the intangibles, um, and they don't need him to be the guy because they have the best running back duo in the country with Donovan Edwards and Blake Corum. So uh, that offense is going to be humming all year. And, you know, barring injury, they'll, they'll be right there. Um, the defense, I, I think there's, they don't have necessarily the the studs on the defensive line they've had the last few years, but you know, it's still Michigan. So they, they'll still have some guys uh, produce and uh, stand out. Um, I, you know, I, I think the Penn State game too is going to be really interesting because Penn State, you know, they if this if Drew Aller is oh. really as good as some people think he is, I Penn State is a champ because we uh, the running back Singleton he's not draft eligible yet, but it's hard not to notice him. He looks like the real deal. Penn State is going to be a, 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 a the game's in Columbus this year, so that obviously helps uh, the Buckeyes. But Penn State will not be an easy game. I think they're a better team than they were, than they were last year. And you know that game last year, it was back and forth uh, yeah. all game, late into the, the fourth quarter. So um, we'll see how that Penn State game goes. But, yeah, the Michigan game, it's, you know, being in Ann Arbor. And I think the other thing, too, is just the pressure. You know, Ryan Day losing three straight to that team, uh, to that program, is is a tough pill to swallow. And it's hard not to think about that if you're – that coaching staff. So, um, you know, and that, that's why I think they played so well against Georgia. They felt like some of the pressure was off. It was, you know, we're not supposed to be here. Uh, you know, we're, we can play loose where against Michigan it was a little more tight. Like we have to win. So 
we know the team that will show up in November is different than the team we're talking about now and how the next few months play out will dictate what that team in November is like. So uh, I'm sure we'll revisit this conversation here in a few months. That was Dane committing to come back to the show without even me asking in a few months. And that's not easy to do, people. Dane, let everybody know where they can get your stuff in totality, your Twitter, your links, et cetera. Uh, on Twitter at DP uh, Brugler. Um, you can find all my work on the athletic. Um, like I said, safeties just went up today. So every position is up there. Uh, there's over 300 players that you know ranked throughout the summer. Um, I, I've looked at thousands of players this summer and uh, it, gone through them all. My top 50 comes out next week. Uh, there will be uh, let's see, probably five, maybe six Buckeyes in there. Um, so, you know, it, it, several will be in that first round mix. But, yeah, Ohio State, just like every year, well represented in that initial top 50. And that that's the starting point. So, you know, a lot to get through the next few months and then into draft season. So, yeah, hopefully people uh, follow along for the ride. It's going to be a lot of fun. And you guys know I'm effusive in my praise of Dane, but it is legit. He is the standard by which everyone is judged at this spot in the business. He's a trailblazer, and we are just thankful he's allowed to come on the show. I'll try and get him back as much as possible, but, as of course, that's always a budgetary concern when you're dealing with the salary cap. We appreciate Dane stopping by. Have a good one, Bucknutters. It's the NFL offseason, but on Pick 6, part of the CBS Sports Podcast Network, the football season never stops. Host Will Brinson, John Breach, and Tyler Sullivan are joined by analysts like Brady Quinn, Leslie Ducible, Katie Mox, and R.J. White to keep you in the loop on everything happening around the league. Whether it's free agents signing with new teams, the all-important NFL draft, or schedule release day, Pick 6 has you covered. As the face of the league changes with every team move and player pickup this spring, Pick 6 is a must-listen. Download and follow on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, the Odyssey app, and anywhere podcasts are found.